It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you're listening to Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where we are bringing you all sorts of news and fun facts. And today we're going to do a little bit of, oh, you know, wild speculation about what is going on in the NHL. That is all on today's show. My name is Sarah Avampato. I am your host. I'm here with Tom Gazzola, who is going to be sharing some great thoughts with me. Today's show, by the way, is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Get some snacks, get ready, because today we're figuring out some ways to make the NHL a little better. Uh, because recently the league announced that they are postponing, and I say postponing with like the little air quotes around it, uh, the Winter Classic and the All Star Weekend for this season. Uh, the Winter Classic was supposed to go on in Minnesota. The All-Star game was supposed to be in Florida, the home of the Florida Panthers, and they're both being postponed, aka just basically probably canceled for this year. And the league has already basically said, we're going to go back to those places in the future, but uh, I, I don't see it happening in this upcoming season. So I figured with the league bailing on two of its big events this year, that'd be kind of fun to use our off-season time to figure out how to make them a little bit better. So let's let's take a stab at the All-Star Weekend. And uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? How do we make this a, an event that is still a TV-friendly marquee event for the league, but also a thing that people actually want to go to and probably more importantly, actually stay at the whole time instead of leaving <laughs> after, you know, oh. the first 20 minutes? <laughs> hey, you're saying the quiet part out loud, aren't you? I like that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> having having covered, I think, five All-Star games over the last seven or eight years, Sarah, it I'll say this. It is a fun event to cover, but not in the sense of being at the actual arena for either the skills competition or the game itself. Those are absolutely the worst part of All-Star Weekend. And... I know we're talking about the on the ice product, but off the ice is so much fun at All-Star Weekend. All the events that are going on, all the displays and, and fan interactions that the National Hockey League puts on is absolutely fantastic. The alumni that roll in, depending on where you are for the All-Star game in particular, the type of celebrities that show up, the musicians and the concerts and the shows and this and that and everything in between. The media gatherings are tremendous, but it's when you step into the arena for that skills competition that I know they try to reinvent and get creative with and all of that, you just roll your eyes after 15 minutes and you go, oh my God, this is awful. And they just can't seem to figure it out. And then the worst part is you go out after and you have a good time at whatever event is taking place, then you go to the rink the next day for the actual game and the players are hungover, mm -hmm. the media is hungover. 
everybody's, you know, trying to wrap this thing up and the game is painful. Uh, I know they've gone to the three on three tournament. The one that they first rolled out in Nashville was fantastic. I loved it. It reinvigorated things, but now it just seems like it's, it's lost that luster. And Sarah, like I'll, I'll say this, you know, we're trying to find solutions here. My solution would be find a way to get the players to actually try because the level of competition when they go out there is awful. And I know they're not trying to go 100%. I know that they don't want to get hurt. But quite honestly, I've seen guys work harder at, at the outdoor rink and on the pond that are playing in the National Hockey League than they try at the All-Star game. Like, if they just tried a little bit more and the goalies tried a little bit, I think it would have a much better product. Because I know you, as well as I, can think back to all-star games in the nineties and maybe even mm-hmm. briefly in the early two thousands, those were some of the best players in the history of the game. We were blessed with the Lemieux's Gretzky's Bork's Messier's Yagers, Brett Hull's Adam Oates. Uh, Chris Chelios was playing Iserman, Ronick, Kachucks of the world. These fantastic characters, Marty Broder, Patrick Waugh, Joe Sackick, I could go on and on and on. Mike Richter and, and Brian Leach. And, like, they tried. They, you, you knew they weren't trying like it was the postseason or the stretch drive of, of the regular season going into the playoffs. But they actually tried, and they cared. And there was some pride that they took in those games. That's completely gone now. And it's gone to these guys' heads, this newer generation. And I know it's been a couple generations since all those names I have named. But – they don't give two craps about this all-star game. It's a nuisance to them. They don't care how much money gets thrown at them. If they just found a way to reinvigorate themselves and actually try a little bit, a bit of effort, it, I think it would go so much further in, in making this uh, a at least kind of want to see event because now it's just junk. It's just junk. You know, that makes me think about, so I also covered the AHL All-Star Game this year in, it was out in Ontario in California, and uh, they do their uh, AHL Hall of Fame induction at the same time. And so I I went to that and they did it kind of in between, after the skills competition, but before the game. And it seemed like most, if not all of the players were basically drafted into going to the uh, the Hall of Fame presentation. But there was a gentleman up there. And of course, because I only thought about this right now, I did not re- look, look up his name. But he was a I believe he was a, a former coach uh, who was being inducted this year. And he in the middle of his speech, you know, he was just peak tells it like it is wasn't, you know, trying to mince words in any of his speech or anything. He looks right at the group of players and he goes people are always watching you. And he kind of gives them a little talk about how you never know when your next opportunity is going to come up. So you might not want to take this event seriously. You might not want to really give it your all or whatever, but he, he was you know speaking to them as players who many of them would like to make the step up to the NHL. And he's like, people are watching you all the time. And if you go out there, even in this game, and decide to just sort of blow it off you know what does that say about you as a person as a player for not taking this seriously for not taking something that could potentially have a scout see you and say you know what like let's actually call that guy up or like let's see what he's got that sort of reminded me of his his little talk to them because you know I think it's the same 
anywhere you go of people they're like oh cool i got invited to this thing and then you know they're not really taking it seriously they're not trying even like an eighth of what they should be and i think that 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 goes a long way to making the product something actually watchable is knowing that yeah that they are invested in it that they're trying hard like yeah they're not going stanley cup game seven but I want to see them work a little bit at it and show off their skill. We've got more grievances to air coming up right after this. First, I want to make sure that you are following this show on Twitter. It's available at Locked on NHL Pods. It's the best way to make sure you never miss not only an episode of this show, but that you're also keeping up to date with all of the awesome stuff going on around the Locked on NHL network as we share cool shows that other hosts are doing, as we direct you towards the best of the best of what is happening here on uh, here with all of our hockey hosts. So go follow this show on Twitter right now at locked on NHL pods on the bird app. Go, go give us a look over there. Gil Martin here, host of the locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the locked on NHL podcast every Monday available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I think that the the thing that makes the game especially the most boring is that we're watching some of the best players on earth and all they do is just pass the puck back and forth to each other and then yeah. someone takes a shot. Like, I want to see them actually doing what they do and not just kind of skate around. That's what people are paying for. I absolutely love that he, this this coach that was at the induction ceremony that that you experienced brought that up and didn't care and decided to call them out. People walk on eggshells, especially in the National Hockey League, all the time. I understand it was the AHL, so it's a little bit different, but the mentality is is perfectly on point. And it's like, hey, uh, you're, you're here to perform. You are a professional athlete, but what is professional sports at the end of the day? Entertainment. And this is a marquee event for whatever particular league you're part of showcase it and that means trying giving to you know what's and it just it baffles me that there's so little care and an absolute disregard for these events from the players because really i i remember it this one stands out to me it was i think 95 or 96 it was in boston and it was a great all-star game that ended in the last minute minutes and change with Ray Bork absolutely rifling a backhander top shelf, the hometown guy, legend of the game, Hall of Famer in the dying minutes of the game, scores what would be the game winner. I think it was on Felix Potvin. And and I was like, wow, that was unbelievable to watch. And you could tell the guys cared. And if if guys like that who were bonafide Hall of Famers and, and just amazing, amazing athletes gave two iotas, why can't the guys today? Mm-hmm. I, I just, it, that, that's what I fail to grasp. And when, when the excuse about the injuries or, or not risking it are made, I just, I, I go, that's ridiculous. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And this men's mentality and mindset should be changed somehow. Just try, make an effort. These people are paying lots and lots of money to come see you. These kids that you're supposed to set an example for, it's an all-star game. Shine. Don't just be a floater out there. Go and do something. Uh, it, that's the one thing. It, it kind of irks me, and I'm glad you brought it up on today's episode because 
quite frankly, it's something that just gets kind of looked over, glossed over and ignored. But just I would start with the building block of getting the guys to buy in and try a little bit, make it a competition, make it fun, give it give it some effort. I think it starts there. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And I feel like I don't want to see something like, you know, isn't it baseball where it's like whoever wins the the all-star game or whatever gets home field advantage or something. I feel like baseball does something weird with their, their, yeah. And like, I don't want that necessarily, but yeah, there has to be some way, like even everyone gets to pick a charity of their choice and you get money given to your charity based on how many points you get in the game or something. There, There needs to be some sort of incentive. And I feel like it's unlocking whatever that incentive is, what drives these guys other than just, you know, I want to win the Stanley cup. Like yeah. is, is part of the key probably. And and they've tried to throw money at them. You know, the, the winning team shares a million dollars. Some guys put it towards charity. Thankfully other guys, you know, do whatever they want with it, but uh, there, there has to be something there to, to kind of shake this mentality loose and get rid of it because it, it's become such must not watch TV. And I know it's a big to do for the sponsors. It absolutely is. I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it working for the team uh, when I was covering Oilers for Oilers TV. And, you know, part of it is you're trying to fulfill sponsorship obligations and sponsors are getting to, to rub shoulders and hang out with players and this and that, the stars of the game. I, I understand that element, but on the ice too, you, you got to let the, the, the future generations and, the dreamers that want to be on that stage at some point uh, have something to, to try to achieve and, and strive for and half-assing it because mm-hmm. you don't care and being very laissez-faire I don't think is the right mindset whatsoever. We'll see if they ever manage to get it right. So far, uh, no luck. And I feel like no, no sports leagues are particularly good at it, but True. maybe someday the NHL will, will, uh, will give us something that makes everyone uh, happy and makes them want to tune in. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on today is something that came up in the recent GM meetings uh, with the league, of course, trying to figure out a return to play plan and understanding what next season is going to look like. But there was one little nugget in there that kind of caught my eye. And it's the fact that the GMs talked about the draft lottery and how the draft lottery works. And they basically explained how to sit down in conversation with all the GMs to explain how they got to the draft the way it is currently today. And at these meetings, the league, this is uh, from a report from Pierre Lebrun, he asked the, the GMs, or the, the, the league asked the GMs to, to reach out and let them know if they thought that any changes to the way we do the draft would be appropriate. And teams are being asked to send in any ideas that they might have of how to revamp it or, or do something different or whatever. And I feel like the draft is always a bone of contention, no matter how it's done. Someone yep. <laughs> is always unhappy about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Isn't it funny after what happened this year and the ridiculousness of the New York Rangers winning the draft lottery and Detroit losing out and mm-hmm. LA being stuck on the outside too. Uh, you know, it was a perfect summation of, of 2020 and then, you know, encapsulated mm-hmm. by the hockey world. So I think there's this natural reaction to instantly cry foul and try to change it. And, and it, it feels like that's kind of what's happening here. And it's understandable be, because it was absolutely absurd how it all played out and everything went down. 
but the odds were there for a team from the qualifying round to win. This had been agreed upon by the league and the PA and, and everybody hammering out the new CBA and like, what now? Like what now? Because <laughs> you, you guys agreed to it. This is the idea you came up with. And then the teams that lose out are now complaining and you want to tinker with it again. It, it's, I think it's one of those things that you can never appease everybody. And it's like, Oh, here we go again. And it's, you know, it's a hamster running in its wheel. And uh, I don't know. Of course, there's going to be teams complaining. There's 31 of them, soon to be 32. And and the gripers find a way to, to <laughs> make the noise the loudest. And here we are discussing it because we need stuff to talk about. We're, we're turning <laughs> off the lights on hockey until hopefully, hopefully for another month and, and a little bit or two months and a bit. Um, and, and so we need stuff like this to chew on. But I am not surprised, Sarah, that there's complainers out there wanting more out of the draft lottery. There is more coming up right after this. But real quick, do you know about Built Bar? Because Built Bar is delicious. It is back. It is better than ever. And it is basically the protein bar that you want to be eating because this one tastes like it's candy. There are 18 amazing flavors of Built Bars, including caramel brownie, raspberry, mint brownie, toffee almond, and many, many more. They're soft, they're chewy, they're delicious, they're covered in 100% chocolate. And now if you go to Built Bar, you can actually buy mini versions of them. It is a brand new offering. They're called Built Bites and they're little half-sized bars. So if you just want a quick taste of a Built Bar, you can go and find out all about those on the website, which is BuiltBar.com. Go check it out. Read about the flavors. Read about how great they are for you. All of the protein, all the fiber that it's that's in a Built Bar. And then, you know, pick your favorite flavor and make it happen. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I like I'm always kind of of two minds of, of the draft lottery, because whenever I try to explain it to uh, my friends who are you know casual hockey fans who understand that there is a draft lottery but don't understand how it works i always feel especially this past year uh and especially having to talk about it you know on this podcast on my own podcast uh of trying to explain how it worked i always feel like i need a flow chart or i need some sort of graphics or or something an animation i don't know to help people understand how the ping pong balls work and how you know a how basic math and probability works but it just seems like they have taken something that could be very simple and overcomplicated it but they did it in response to the fact that everyone got super concerned about teams tanking or i guess i should say management and ownership tanking because as you know everyone always says the players don't tank but the people who run the show you know can decide how they want to do their rosters right it just seems like every every so often there's there's a desire to change it and it never it never really addresses anything other than well we changed it yeah it's it's like one of those exercises in futility where you're like 
I don't even know anymore. We just you you settle down one group of 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 people in the league only to rile up another group that are completely put off when things don't go in their favor. It's it's one of those situations where there really is no winner except for the team that gets the prize possession at that point in time in in the number 1 pick or you know top 5 picks whatever. I the, this is what I've kind of done as I covered this league throughout the years and you, you hear about draft lottery and of course I had to be very in tune with the draft lottery watching the Oilers continuously win it it seemed or being right in the thick of things uh during the decade of darkness if you will i the more it evolved and changed the less and less i tried to understand it and just kind of played along with whoever was looking into the meat and and the the in and out of and the uh the minutia let's call it of the lottery and you know i just go i put my hands up and go i don't care whatever they have how much percent to win? Oh, 15% chance. Great. Let's see if it happens. If they don't, we'll, we'll go with it. If they do, great. The fan base can be happy and rejoice. It's just the, as the years wore on, I'm just like, I don't give two iotas what the odds are. This is ridiculous. I, I feel I feel like the theme of today, the inadvertent theme, is there's nothing you can do to make everybody happy. And everyone's <laughs> no. just irritated about whatever the choices are. This is like an early Festivus. It's just the airing of grievances, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I love it. And given that it's the NHL, we will certainly have more grievances to air once it gets to be uh, oh, yeah. uh, seasonally appropriate. But, you know, I, I have one one colleague in, in media who his suggestion suggestion is always, let's get rid of the draft, which I huh. is like, I feel like, five percent tongue-in-cheek facetious but also 95 percent. i think he's legit about it and i i'm like well i mean if we wanted to go for like max chaos of everyone <laughs> is a free agent like and then i'm like i don't like 17 year old free agents i i feel like is also weird yes. but it, it would certainly solve the problem of people being mad about the draft and it would give them something else to be mad about instead you know what if you want to get rid of the draft fine whatever <laughs> i don't care anymore i'll roll with it i'll tell whatever story i need to tell i'll talk about it however i'm just at the point where it's like yeah okay that's what we're doing now sounds good let's go for it i don't care at the end of the day you wind up with you know four to eight plus new young men to have to learn about and that it is what it is and yep. as we've seen from the draft sometimes it doesn't even matter necessarily where you picked you can fail real hard at making that pick so it doesn't necessarily even even matter you're you're evaluating a teenager that's a great point it, it's funny how wrapped up and caught up people and fan bases and media everybody across the board gets uh, absolutely just tied into drafts and projecting prospects and then at the end of the day, how few of them actually amount to a, a, a tremendous hockey player in the National Hockey uh, Hockey League? A lot of them become tremendous hockey players in varying leagues, but how many of these guys actually pan out that at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're squabbling and you're arguing and it's great to have the passion, but you're talking about stuff that's almost irrelevant to the, to the actual players who are on the ice. 
most times. Aside from your, you know, guaranteed smash hits, your right. McDavid's and Austin Matthews of the world, everything yeah. else is just a coin flip. And, you know, then you end up with the Artemi Panarins who never got drafted until, you know, and, and were plucked out of, out of Europe, out of the KHL as a free agent, essentially. And, you know, he, he's right up there and was never drafted. So it's, it's just so unpredictable. And it feels like we're trying to, the league is trying to solve a problem that is kind of its own creation, but also a problem with no, no real solution, which yeah, again, exactly. it's a very NHL problem. <laughs> so true. Can't even argue that. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing some grievances with me and uh, looking at the futility, let's say, of oh, yeah. when or how things will ever change uh, in the league for some of these things. Uh, for people who want to hear more from you, uh, who want to keep up with the Oilers or keep up with just hockey in general, where can they find you? Sarah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can follow me at Tom Gazzola, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And then uh, I'm on TSN 1260 Monday to Friday. And then when there's hockey, you know, I'll be hosting the pre and post game show on TSN 1260 coverage on the TV side for TSN and NHL network. And I just want to uh, send out condolences to the Moss family here in Edmonton, a uh, longtime locker room attendant, Joey Moss with the Oilers and, and the Edmonton football team, formerly known as the Eskimos, passed away on Monday. And I uh, had the good fortune of getting to know Joey and absolutely a bright light in this community. And he was recognized by the hockey world and uh, the Canadian football world as well. And a sad day in, in the cities in mourning here as uh, we celebrate the life of Joey Moss. Definitely. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have any favorite memories of him? I've been hearing a lot about him from Edmonton media <laughs> yeah. and uh, I feel like he's someone who I wish that I had known a lot more about uh, until, until sadly now. Well, his legend is, is massive because it was Wayne Gretzky who brought him into the fold. Wayne Gretzky was dating his sister at the time and uh, he brought him on to be a part of the team. And Joey was a part of the team from 1984 until uh, his passing. And I'll say this. He he was a jokester and had a kind heart and was always uh, great to talk to. And Sarah, he would always come up to me and put his arm around me in the locker room and just go, how's my son doing today? And he would look at players and uh, the trainers and other media and be like, hey, you know, Tom's my son, right? And I was, at first, I'm like, what the heck are you talking about, Joe? And it was just an ongoing joke. And And even to the last time I saw him in the locker room, he just came up to me and goes, how's my son doing? And uh, totally, totally facetiously, but it, it was that kind of thing where you're like, well, Joey, Joey you're clever, uh, you're funny, I get it. And, uh, and it, it spoke to the type of person he was, that he was always in a good mood, always willing to joke around. And uh, it was his way of remembering you and, and generations of Oilers and uh, former Eskimos and uh, Edmonton Football Club members uh, absolutely love and admire Joey, and he's one of the first guys that uh, alumni would go say hi to and give a big hug to. So that's that's how I'll always remember Joey Moss. Really love to hear those sorts of memories. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening today. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our complaints. Uh, you can find this show on Twitter <laughs> at Locked On NHL Pods. Make sure you're following, subscribing, and all that great stuff. Tell your friends all about it because we've got plenty of content, even though we're still waiting for hockey. 
to figure out what they're doing with their lives, uh, we've still got some thoughts on this network. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, this has been Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.